It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor. We got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 18th day of November. 6.06 on the clock and 41 degrees and clear outside here in Southeast Ohio. Again, it's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting. We got a loaded show for you today. We start things off with J.O. Kirvin, the sports editor over at The Post. And then later on in the program, we've got Russ Heltman calling in. And tomorrow... A uh, very special day getting Trevor Stevens to call in. He's got a lot of information going on with high school sports and college landscape and everything of the sort. But, again, we'll lead things off with the sports editor over at the Post, J.L. Kervin. J.L., how are you? Doing pretty good, Connor. How about you? Doing all right, J.L., doing all right. And, you know, of course, disappointed about the cancellation of the Bobcat game yesterday. Uh, however, I, I would say for the first half of the Akron and uh, Kent State game, I was feeling a little bit more encouraged until the second half rolled around, and, and Akron really put a whooping on uh, on Akron. Uh, Kent stayed over Akron, but, uh, you know, it, that game in the first half felt a little bit better. Second half, not so much. Right, yeah, Akron Akron was a little bit looking like a, like a track team in the first half, but, uh, yeah, things kind of went back to normal in that second <laughs> half there. But it's pretty, pretty interesting to see Akron battling the back's best uh, second time in a week. Yeah, that Dollar kid, he really looks like a stud at running back for Akron. I mean, he had uh, up around a buck seventy against Ohio. He ran for two two bills last night. He's been really tearing it up here these first few weeks. Yeah, he 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 runs hard. He's quick twitch. He's a he's a really good back. Sort of um sort of flown under the radar this year. Pretty pretty cool to see them having a breakout year. And then of course on the Kent State side, uh, you got Crum twenty two of twenty five, three hundred forty eight yards. Uh, you know Cooper. Running for 107 yards, you know Kent State, you know, absolutely figured it out against Akron. Uh, so that's a, a, a big game, a, a game to keep an eye on. Uh, of course, you know as the Bobcat season goes along, but you know JL with this cancellation and with the information that we know right now, you know how confident are you that there will be a game for Ohio coming up next week against Bowling Green? I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. The uh, team returned to practice yesterday, and they've been posting. Posting um, videos of workouts and lifting in the weight room all week, so it seems like things are coming back to normal. Um, especially, you know, with, with games going back to Saturday. I mean, it really gives OU the buy that it didn't have. So, you know, not having to play Miami this week and then basically having all of next week to prepare for Bowling Green, it allows them to really get this situation under control. So, you know, expect the Bobcats to take the field next Saturday against Bowling Green. And, JL, I mean, what what can your expectations be? You know, how do you see this week off of not having a game? Obviously, they, they uh, you know, they had to take some time away from practice as well with, you know, the, the COVID situation. You know, do, do you think they come out flat next week after having all that time off? Or do you think maybe it's a thing that can, you know, bring this team closer together and start to build towards, uh, you know, a successful second half of the season here? Yeah, obviously, I mean, you don't want the, you don't want the any games to get canceled, and especially not one against your rival, but this could definitely be something really uh, special for the Bobcats. You only need three. You only need to play in three MAC games to bid for the MAC championship. 
So this doesn't really hurt Ohio's chances. In fact, it really helps them mm-hmm. because now all it has to do is win out instead of also having to beat a talented Miami team. So, um, you know, BG is not really a team that you need weeks upon weeks to prepare for, but OU has that time. So, you know, I think I think it'll be a great tune-up game for them heading into the two toughest games of the year against Buffalo and Kent State. Right, and we were, we were talking about this on Monday. It is that if you have the same amount of losses as a team and you guys are at the top, it goes to the head-to-head between those two teams, correct? Correct. Okay, okay, just clarifying that. Yeah, and of course, you know, when you play one less game than, than everybody else, you know, hopefully it's just one, and, you know, you feel that they're confident that they're going to play next week, which is good. Uh, but, you know, use this game against Bowling Green. They're 0-3. Uh, they lost to Buffalo last night, 42-17. to That one was a little bit more uh, lopsided all the way through for uh, for the Bulls, but, you know, it's it's not an easy road for Ohio to go out there and get to Detroit jail. We, we know for as many times, for as long as we've been in college together, you know, uh, it, it's a difficult road for the Bobcats to reach Detroit, and this year makes it all the more difficult. Yeah, especially, you know, you could say that OU's two toughest games are back-to-back to close out the season. You know, Buffalo looked fantastic again yesterday, and Kent State is really proving that they're not a fluke. Or it's sort of a you know just a one few games wonder, you know. So those those definitely are two games Ohio's going to have to have circled on its calendar. Um, you know, VG still a talented team doesn't have it all together yet, so you don't want to treat that game like a trap game. But yeah, like you said, Connor, it's going to be it's going to be a tough road. But hopefully, well, not hopefully, but just if um, OU can really you know bounce back from this make it a sort of, you know, rallying moment. You know, only five games now. want to make them count. I think Bobcats could possibly make it to Detroit. And, JL, do you, is your feeling that they're going to kind of lock in on one quarterback here moving forward, or you think uh, in this Bowling Green game we're going to continue to see, you know, uh, Armani and, and Curtis both running, you know, full drives at a time? I feel like with how the offense was, Moving before the break, I think Curtis will take over the reins just because potentially in the battle of the bricks, we would have seen a little bit more of those, you know, that on and off, and hopefully that would have been the game to decide it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kosovich is going to want to use another game to really experiment. I think Curtis basically gets the reins in the Bowling Green game, and, and maybe Armani gets a few plays here and there, but I do think it's going to be Curtis Works offense coming out. Yeah, and keeping with the offense here, do we have a injury or an update on the status of O'Shawn Allison and Julian Ross? Because I know that those guys have been banged up. They've been out for a little bit. Uh, O'Shawn Allison has been playing a little bit, but obviously not full of strength. Uh, Tuggle has taken over and, and has really done a phenomenal job. But uh, when it comes to the other two running backs, any updates on them? Not really. Uh, Coastal keeps everything close to the chest. He didn't mention after the Akron game that, you know, the way they're treating O'Shawn is more precautionary than through just him battling through injuries. They just wanted to be safe with him. So mm-hmm. that's a positive sign, but no real update really on Julian Ross's condition, which is a little bit disappointing because coming into the season, he definitely was looked at as that third back to really open up the offense. 
And, you know, when we talk about running backs around the league, right, because we saw uh, what Akron's running back and Dollar did last night. But you take a look at Buffalo, and the reason why I'm really concerned about Buffalo is because they have a quarterback who can throw dots like we talked with you, you know, last week uh, in Van Trees. But now you got Patterson here who on 31 carries ran for 301 yards and four touchdowns last night against Bowling Green. Yeah. I mean, that's just absurd you that know, production offense, coming out. That of, offense runs through him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is, I mean, he was a monster last year, but mm. he's, he seems to, like he's even gotten even better. And, I mean, OU really struggled taking down Deion Dollar. And I personally think that Patterson is on a completely another level. You know, if they don't really share up that defensive line, still is out with, you know, guys like Kai Caesar is out, you know, that could definitely be a, a huge, huge thing to watch when Buffalo comes to Athens in a couple of weeks. Right, and Jay, what, what do you make of, you know, it seems like the MAC, you know, some of these offense have been putting up some, some incredible numbers here, and, you know, is that a trend you see continuing here throughout this short season, or do you think at some point the defenses will start to catch up? Because right now, if, I mean, if you're in Vegas, uh, you're going to be hitting big if you stick on the, the MAC overs, because they've been, uh, there's been a lot of points put up through these first few weeks here. Yeah, I think with, um, I think with the short camps, uh, and, you know, this would sort of, I hate to say it, but, like, you know, with the whole social distancing being going on, you know, the contact of it all, in a sense, really hasn't been as emphasized as much as coaches would like. Right. Kind of seeing a lot of offensive players around the country just having monster breakout years. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely something that can continue. I mean, with the time that offense just in general, in the MAC, it's always been an offense that, that we heard and, and with the governor, uh, you know, putting that curfew together and all the things that have transpired, you know, health wise over the past couple days, uh, Ohio state has now released, you know, a statement saying that even the, the friends and family, whoever else was, was eligible to get into the stadium that now, you know, there are no fans, no friends, no family, uh, eligible to go and watch those games. Do you think that the Bobcats or other teams, you know, in Ohio, collegiate teams in Ohio, will follow suit with, you know, absolutely nobody in attendance? I do, just because, I mean, it took so much just for there to be football just in general this season. And I think it would be kind of silly to have, like, something like Ego, you know, disrupt that. I think if organizations are realizing that they need to make adjustments, for the season to continue to go on, I I believe that they have the, the smarts to be able to make that call. And, you know, it is, and as I've said it multiple times, you know, health and safety above all else, and, um, you know, part of the reason why the Bobcats did what they did and, and had to cancel this game this past week, um, you know, whatever position was wiped out with the contact tracing, only one positive uh, but it's always good to hear that, you know, they're back practicing, they're back at it, 
uh, and it, all indications are that this game will happen coming up, uh, you know, next next Saturday for uh, for this game. But uh, you know, what is I? They have struggled on defense, you know, stopping the run. But you know, is it just letting guys get healthy? Is it just hitting more, you know, in practice? But what do you see that this defense can do a little bit better with, you know, when it comes to preparing for one of those talented running backs that are in the Mid American Conference coming up? A lot of times, it's, it's technique. That I've been seeing, um, you know, simple, simple fundamentals of, you know, getting low, driving your feet. You know, Dollard really had a big game with his, you know, uh, yards after contact. You know, there was a bunch of times where it seemed like OU could have had him for maybe a two-yard game, and just the fact of not, you know, driving your feet that turned that into a, a seven or eight-yard game. You know, um, arm tackles, leading with your head down, stuff like that. That, you know, OU has said in the past that they have certain drills to, you know, sort of correct those those flaws. Um, I think with the extra time, if OU can really look back at that and really, you know, just continue to try to share those things up, the tackling will improve. And, JL, you know, I always appreciate you taking the time out of your day and even had to switch you a little bit earlier on to, into the program, but... I uh, always appreciate you calling into the program and uh, uh, giving us a Bobcat insight. And uh, you know what you're doing for the winter season yet? I mean, are you you covering the women's basketball team? I might have asked you that before, but I, what what comes next for the winter for you? My plan is to just cover men's basketball, but you know, with everything going on, the the staff can be a little thin at times. So I mean, you might see me you might see me everywhere. Uh, I know. Women's basketball starts their season next week. I might be at that game. So, um, you know, just filling in and doing really what I can. But, uh, you know, it's it's all fun to me. I, I love covering Ohio athletics, and, you know, the more stuff, the merrier. Well, we, uh, we enjoy your coverage and, you know, obviously enjoy the insights that you provide and uh, look forward to you calling in next week and hopefully recapping, I guess, it would be on a, uh, you know, on a Monday, right, that you'd call in since now – there's no more midweek action? Yeah, true. Right. <laughs> Unless there's, I mean, we might have to push it to the Tuesday because you got the Frank Solich press conference that happens over on WXTQ, and I'm sure that you're listening in to that one as well. Sure. So we'll, we'll figure yeah, it out whenever it absolutely. is. We'll get you back on the airwaves. But, J.L., always appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Uh, the great J.L. Kirvin, sports editor over at The Post, and yeah, obviously excited to hear uh, and see where his career leads him. Um, I, like, uh, I like his take on how he thinks potentially this could, uh, you know, really help him out, not getting to play this game. Maybe they could, you know, having an extra practice and all that stuff, yeah, being able to focus on Bowling Green, maybe they get to have some things rolling here uh, finally on offense because we know uh, it wasn't pretty at times in, in that Akron game. And, you know, sometimes, that, I mean, that was a little bit, I think we were all a little bit discouraged after that one but it's interesting to hear that uh he thinks they can make a little bit of a run here i mean they definitely have a a tall mountain to climb as we saw you know some profound offenses in buffalo and especially kent state i mean they put up over 60 points in their last two games now so right i mean kent state is definitely the team you got to look out for buffalo is definitely a team you got to look out for uh but it's all right there in front of the bobcats you go out there you win these games you find yourself in detroit and probably a game either against western michigan uh, which at Western Michigan and Central Michigan, they play that and hap- yeah, it's happening tonight. So whoever wins that side in the Mid American Conference West, I think it's either going to be Western Michigan or Central Michigan. 
uh, yeah, you know, going I mean, to Detroit. I, I wouldn't see, you know, what Central could probably lose to Toledo, um, but I wouldn't see if Western Michigan pulls out the victory tonight. I, I, I wouldn't see a reason. They, I mean, I think they could roll NIU. Eastern Michigan, they play everybody tough, but they never really, it never really amounts to too much. Uh, getting that one over Toledo was huge for them because that was, uh, that was kind of the pick there to to go on and represent the the Mac West in the in the title game, and they were able to have that crazy comeback win. So, you know, this game's gonna, I have a feeling, could predict who's gonna end up coming out of the West for the for the Mac Championship game. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like Eastern Michigan. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, a- you any know. particular reason? You're just. Well, I mean, they cut the wrestling program for starters. Ah. You know, they they use that money to get you know better football stuff, and you know, it, <laughs> I'd like to see them Owen too. I, I, that's a reason for you, maybe. Even though it didn't have like a direct impact, maybe being a wrestling guy, you know, you cut your wrestling program. I'm not going to root for those guys, you know. Although it did give the Bobcats, uh, you know, Zach Carson and uh, Derek Hillman. Uh, so you had the two two Eastern Michigan transfers that that helped them out over the past couple of years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I like to see you know Eastern Michigan down at the bottom of the conference just for. Uh, selfish and in wrestling reasons, but uh, yeah. Uh, you want to hear a crazy tweet about Eastern Michigan? Sure. I saw this one earlier. How crazy? 26 of Eastern Michigan's last 29 MAC games and 39 of its last 44 games overall have either been a win or loss by one possession. And there's been 39 out of 44 games have been one possession. What has been the majority, a win or a loss? I want to say it's a loss. Well, yeah, they but... haven't been that good over the past couple <laughs> of years, so yes, losses. Yeah. Hey, you know, they can't win the close games. That's what it comes down to. But, yeah. They... I mean, they've lost two one-possession games already this year. Yeah. Both I'm... by, I believe they lost to, week one lost to Kent by four, and they lost by seven to Ball State last week. Seriously, though, only five games, the last 44, have not been decided by one possession. And you might want to check the Bobcats, too, because whenever they, uh, if it's a loss, I don't think it's been a loss by more than one possession for for Ohio in the Mid-American Conference for a while, too. But it's also been, you know, that's a win or a loss in that situation, right? So they're only winning either close or losing close. It's not like a lopsided win like Ohio had over Buffalo a couple years ago or... Uh, you know, last year, Ohio lost to Miami close. Um, but I, I thought I did see something like that, whether it was Arkley who tweeted it out or JL or, or somebody who covers the Bobcats. Um, but I think there was something similar there when it was on the you know, close loss. But there hasn't been a whole lot of losing under the uh, you know, Solich uh, coaching staff. So, that, again, it's, uh, that's good. But, yeah, I, again, Eastern Michigan, uh, not a fan. So, I mean, I didn't realize it ran that deep with you. I, you know, it's just <laughs> Eastern Michigan to me. They're just out well, there in the middle of. I mean, yeah, it's not like, you know, I I see Eastern Michigan. It's not like I make a face at them. You know, it's not that that deep. But yeah, I'm not going to actively root for them. Just like I want actively root for uh, Old Dominion now, because they just canceled and canned the wrestling so does program. So every wrestling program that gets cut, you're you're out. Oh, those were two so in the Mid-American how, Conference. That's how that works. Old I, Dominion is not in the Mid-American. Are they? They were in wrestling. Oh, uh, wrestling. That's right. They yeah, were in they wrestling. Got, they, got, they got weird weird uh, setups over there. I forgot. Yeah. Well, they also uh, wrestling 
in the Mid-American Conference also has Missouri, which is, what, SEC in football? So you got Missouri that's all the way SEC. You had the EWL. I mean, I could go on a whole wrestling game here. I about to say, we don't need know. to hear that right yeah, now. Yeah, we, we got no you know, all the, the winter time to, uh, to discuss that and everything. Um, but we got Russ Heltman calling up later in the program. We'll talk a little bit about the Bengals. Of course, Trevor Stevens will call into the program tomorrow. And, you know, he's got a lot of stuff for us, a lot of things to go over as we get ready for the high school season and get ready uh, for hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this, you know, hopefully a high school season. I think that we will have it. The OHSAA has come out and said uh, that it is up to the local schools. Uh, but we'll dive deeper into that a little bit later and, and a lot tomorrow. Um, last night before the curfew. Yeah, and last night before the curfew. Uh, so, yeah, I might still be here at the station past 10 o'clock, but, you know, I guess work is exempt, right, I think? So, and I uh, going I out. I don't know what the rules are, to be honest with you. I think, <laughs> I think so. It's, it's work. It is going out to get, like, gas or something, and it's going out to, uh, to get food. It, it, the governor tweeted out and said it was the common sense mm. You know, things that are common sense. So I guess he's just honing in on, you know, people who have house, uh, who have house parties, uh, large congestions at the bars past 10 o'clock because they right. were still allowed to be open at 11. Luckily for me, I'm not here to talk about this, but talk right. about sports. So. Oh, true. But, you know, it, it does affect sports. They did move up the OHSA high school uh, football playoff games coming up this, this week. Uh, they moved up all the games by 45 minutes to be in compliance with uh, the new health regulations that the governor put out there. Um, so you do have, you know, games that would have started at 7 o'clock and maybe lasted a little bit past 10 o'clock. Uh, those games have now been moved up uh, to keep the health and safety in mind. But we'll take a short break here on the Sportsman. Again, Russ Heltman will join us a little bit later. He'll talk about the Bengals and you know, the upcoming game uh, for them against the Washington football team. And we did recap a lot of what happened with the Steelers, but I'm sure Russ has his input on that as well. Short break. We'll be right back. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting at 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, JK Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at JK be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer, call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk NASCAR, holiday travel, and seven reasons to be thankful for your car. That's AutoSmarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. 
Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Live and local, the sports fan on 970-WATH. Back inside the studios at WATH, this is the sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Those are Mike along with Joe Medora. Again, Russ Hauptman calling in at 640 to get him on the program, and we'll you know talk about Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, before we get to that, you know, it's been a while. We've been waiting for it. We've been trying to figure out, you know, what is the winter sports season going to look like? What are they? What is it going to do? Uh, but in basketball right now for the Big Ten, you know, they finally, finally have released their winter season schedule. And I think the Bobcats have. I, didn't, I haven't seen a press release about that yet. Uh, so we're going to hold off on the Bobcats and, and what their non-conference schedule looks like for the upcoming winter. But the Big Ten has finally released what their non-conference schedule will look like. And, uh, you know, again, for the third consecutive year, each school compete in 20, uh, 20-game Big Ten schedule. Each school may also play up until uh, seven non-conference games. The conference season tips off on Sunday, December 13th. Uh, it also includes games on their uh, Big Ten network. Uh, so the one thing that you know is catching a lot of people's eyes here, Joey, is that it also features six games between December 25th and 26th with four games to be played on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. That's new. Now, that, that's new. I think it overlaps with the NBA because the NBA will also be playing on Christmas Day for basketball. Yeah, you wonder how they're going to get those ones uh, televised. I, well, they still have the Big Ten Network, which right, will be televised for them. Right, but if you're multiple games at the same time, that's not going to be... Right. And it is four games. But the issue, I would say, is that you're dealing with college kids, right? And yeah, you're dealing with the, a holiday with Christmas and everything, and people are going to be you know, at home, maybe watching TV... Uh, but again, you're in college, you know, you want to go home for the winter break. You want to go see your family. And I get there's a different, you know, kind of mindset for athletes, but I thought at least you might get it one day off, you know, especially with everything that's been happening. Well, you Connor, know, one I mean, day, go see your family and, and enjoy the holiday. Hey, Connor. Yeah. With, with what's going on right now, you know, I mean, it's, you, I had a feeling they would be telling most of them to not go home to not be spread out and um, call come yeah. back to one place. And yeah. so, I you know, it's probably just a precaution that way to try and uh, keep them. Obviously, it's tough, but, you know, it's been, you know, a tough situation to try and want to play this year. And it is. And we have a caller right here on the line of the sports fan. Caller, you are live. Who day? Every day. Who day? How you doing? Oh, I'm feeling better. I wasn't too good Sunday. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, that was a rough... <laughs> rough, rough day on Sunday. Well, they always have trouble with them, though. So, right. I just—is there any football on TV tonight? Uh tonight's a you Wednesday know? night. Maybe a, I think there's a couple of Mid American Conference games tonight. Yeah, for college football. Yeah, there is. 
Okay, I was wondering. You're going to get a, there's going to be a game on uh, ESPN and ESPN2 at 7. Uh, got a couple of good ones in the MAC tonight. Actually, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, that should be a good ball game. They're both 2-0, and trying to get to the yeah. conference championship. Yep. Well, I look for Western to, to redeem themselves from last year with them. Yeah, I think Western Michigan is definitely the team to beat out of the West. I, I think Western Michigan's just a little bit better than Central <laughs> Michigan. That's the way that I would go tonight. Yeah, well, I think Western's going to take it all. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They got a... They got what I've seen him playing. I mean, that win last week was crazy with the onside oh. kick and the fake spike and all that. I mean, yeah. Well, I just wanted to see. I couldn't remember, and I'm at the store. I'm getting ready to head home. So, you guys have a good night. You too. Appreciate the call in. All right. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Oh, yeah, a couple good games tonight uh, on the college schedule. Northern Illinois at Ball State, seven o'clock. Toledo at Eastern Michigan. That's on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, again, at 7. All three games start at 7 o'clock. Uh, that Northern Illinois Ball State game on ESPN News. Uh, Toledo at Eastern Michigan on the CBS Sports Network. And then Western Michigan at Central Michigan on ESPN2. So there's no ESPN game tonight. No no flag yeah, for ESPN. Yeah, NBA draft tonight. That's why. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, you following that at all? I mean, I haven't really had a, a pulse on that. I believe the Memphis kid, well, he, I, got, I don't know if you can call him a Memphis kid because he got banned, but uh, <laughs> I believe he's supposed to go number one. That's, you remember the name? Or just uh, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember what the name of that kid was. It's James something. Yeah. Well, it was him and LaMelo Ball, right? Yeah, he'll, because... be, he'll be a top top three guy. Yeah, and Ball went overseas to play his Right. It's his James basketball. Wiseman, by the way. That's right. James Wiseman. Uh, but he was, who was the coach for uh, for Memphis? Penny, Not, Penny Hardaway. Hardaway? Yep. Yeah, Penny Hardaway. Yep. And uh, I, I guess what did his dad get paid something? Yeah, or they, they got some, some kind of some something uh, stinky happened and yeah, uh, I mean play. This you help the guy out, you know, whatever it is, and then he goes to to the college, he goes to the university. But yeah, I don't really blame the kid in that situation at all. Uh, but you know. He's projected top pick in the NBA draft. He's going to get a whole lot of money tonight uh, just by putting his name to the paper, and you know, good for him. You know, uh, And, of course, we'll also throw some basketball in there after the draft uh, again tonight uh, for tomorrow's show and, and talk about it a little bit on, on Friday because that's the time of the season that we're entering into, you know, college basketball and everything going on. And, you know, with Big Ten releasing their non-conference schedule today, uh, again, you know, I don't know. It, you make a good point. You know, you don't want to have all the, the kids going back home for Christmas and then, you know, potentially yeah, being I mean, exposed. Normally, they only get a couple days anyway because usually they're playing games over, over winter break for regular college students anyway. Right, and that, and that's kind of my point. You know, you used to get those days where you can, all right, go home, say hello to mom and dad, you know, have a little bit of a Christmas dinner together, or whatever holiday that you're celebrating. Yeah, I mean, and it's not an ideal back. situation, but, you know, if you want to play a season this year, you got to make some sacrifices, unfortunately. Right. And, you know, these guys, they want to go out there and they want to play. And um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be something new. There'll be a lot of, a lot of basketball to watch on Christmas Day. Right. And I'm not, do they have the, um, 
I mean, do, do you have the slate of teams that are out there right now that are going to play on, now, on Christmas? So I, I don't see an exact conference schedule looking at it. I see a few non-conference games scheduled so far, but that's about it. Well, let's see if the, because again, they, they did release the schedule for that. Uh, try to pull up the Buckeyes and see what their non-conference schedule looks like as they head into, you know, what, right what 23rd is the start? To start the season. I know that. Which is a pretty good from where they were. I think they were not ranked to begin, and then were uh, got ranked in the, uh, you know, AP top 25 last year. Uh, but you know, as it looks to be right now, um, you know, you got Notre Dame on the December 8th. Uh, they do not have a Christmas Day game. They've got Northwestern on the 26th, and then Rutgers on the 23rd. So they don't play on Christmas, but they do have a couple other games uh, around in the area. We'll step aside, we'll take a quick break, and then on the other side, uh, you know, Russ Helpman should join us on the program. We'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and, uh, you know, figure out what they have to do moving forward uh, because this is a uh, the time of the time of the week where, you know, A, we talk to Russ Helpman, and B, they figure out what uh, Bengals really have to do to, to beat the Washington football team, and I do not think it's going to take a whole lot, but it's going to take a, a bit of improvement from where they were last week against the Steelers uh, to get that win against Washington. We'll step aside. It's a sports fan on 970 97.1 FM WATH. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you'd like to win, but you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. Life's battle doesn't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Single game tickets on sale now at Bengals.com. This is Dr. Mashika Roberts, Columbus Health Commissioner. The pandemic is more than a physical health issue. As parents, it's important to remember that our children are also coping with drastic life changes. One in four teens misuse a prescription drug at least once in their lifetime. We must talk to our kids about healthy coping strategies and the dangers of prescription drug misuse. Visit DontLiveInDenial.org to learn how to dispose of your leftover pills and talk to your kids about opiates. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. And back inside for the Sports Fan on 970 97.1 FM WATH. Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor and... Of course, Russ Helpman will be calling in momentarily uh, to talk about you know, Cincinnati and, and where they really have to go because, as you heard the, uh, the Who Day caller you know, just a couple moments ago, you know, they were a struggling, struggling football team uh, on Sunday. And again, the Steelers are a good football team. There's a reason why they are 9-0 and at this point in the season. I mean, this is the first time that they have been undefeated this year, you know, all, all year long. Uh, so it is a, a different Steeler mentality. This is the first time in franchise history that they have it, uh, but I believe I got Russ Helpman on the line right now. Russ, is that you or a different caller? It is, Connor. How we doing, my man? Doing all right. I couldn't see the uh, you know, the caller ID. Uh, I don't even know who the name popped up for you right there, Russ, but it's good to hear from you. How you been? Fantastic. It's uh, The weather's a-changing here in northwest Ohio, finally starting to feel like fall, and uh, we're in the hearts of the NFL season, getting to be crunch time in well, uh, week 11 here coming up. I'll tell you what, it is crunch time, and, you know, Bengals got crunched, <laughs> I'll tell you that, uh, on, on Sunday. Because that game 
right from the get-go because you saw, you know, muff punt. I mean, the strip fumble. Uh, you know, a lot of things that you know, are preventable were not prevented in that game for Cincinnati. It was pretty bad from from Jump Street, fellas. Um, to me, uh, like when you start the game off with a great first defensive possession and then immediately have an Alex Erickson fumble, a guy who I believe now leads the NFL in fumbles since coming in the league in 2016, albeit he has fielded a lot of punts, so I'll cut him some slack there. But, man, like you, you cannot have those lapses on special teams. They, they gave up a few more mistakes on that side of the kicking game as well throughout, throughout the contest. And when you're a seven-point or more underdog in the NFL, you cannot have mistakes on special teams, especially a unit that was already a strength for a team that has just two wins on the season, and when you're basically only strength outside of your quarterback and receiving core doesn't uh, come through for you, it's very difficult to upset your biggest rival in the division. And, Russ, how much stock do you put into their performance with the coaches being out due to COVID, right? Because you had three coaches that had to be sidelined. They did the contact tracing and everything. Uh, but do you put any fault on you know the lack, I would say, of coaching staff available for this game for Cincinnati, or is this just, you know, mismanagement of the players during a, a bye week? Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to lay a lot of blame on what the coaches did or or, or the coaches being out because the guys they were down to Jalen Davis, they're a practice squad player. Tony Brown was their starting out starting outside corner opposite William Jackson the third. He was the sixth cornerback coming into training camp, so. They are just ravaged with injury right now. I don't know whether it's it's obviously been a mixture of COVID and uh, and the injuries, but going back the past three, four, five years, this has just been a snake-bitten team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They cannot stay out of the trainer's room uh, in terms of this defense. You had DJ Reader go out earlier in the year. You've had multiple linebackers. Um, to be multiple defensive linemen have issues. They've had to... Uh, they've had to ship out Carlos Dunlap, obviously. It's just been a lot of turnover, a lot of hectic mess on the defensive side of the ball. And when you got Jalen Davis out there, along with uh, Tony Brown getting cooked by Ben Roethlisberger for the tune of three or 33 yards and four touchdowns, it just makes life pretty easy on what a, a, a season 15-year vet in Big Ben. Russ, uh, you know, I think you can tell a lot about an NFL head coach based on what they do out of bye weeks, right? And, you know, if you want to look at the past couple of years now, They've been pretty bad performances both years uh, under Zach Taylor coming out of bye weeks. Not as bad as it gets. Yeah. Right, Not yeah. So, you know, how much stock do you hold in that and, you know, his future with the team here? Because I think a lot of people expected them to come give this Steelers team a bit of a run with, you know, how they were humming on offense going into the bye week. I just got done talking about the defense, guys. It's, it's hard to fault uh, what we saw out of them because of what I just went through with the injury right. report. But yeah. for this Bengals offense to come out and put up 10 points, look completely outmatched once again, Versus the only, I, I, obviously the, the Chargers were vaunted coming in, and mm -hmm. the Browns have Miles Garrett, and yes, there's some good pieces on the Eagles' defensive line, but they faced two really solid defensive lines and overall defenses this year in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. The Colts are very good to overall team defense, but they don't have the kind of defensive line that those division rivals have, right. and they've crumbled in the face of both of them. They've crumbled all what, all six times that they've faced these teams in the past two years under Zach Taylor, the past 25 chances he's had to find a way to get 
uh, a road win over across that entire stretch of games. He still doesn't have one, fellas. It's it's unbelievable, and it's putting a ton of pressure on this week's game against Washington versus a very good defensive line with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. We all know him from the Buckeye State. He is the runaway favorite to win defensive rookie of the year right now. He's playing like a top 15 defensive end on his own right. So they have to figure it out on offense. I don't care. No one cares about watching this team light up Tennessee or the Cleveland secondary minus Denzel Ward. (laughs) You have to be able to do it against the best teams. And if you can't show any life or any kind of fight, if they can't cover a 10-point spread or a 14-point margin, then then what is Zach Taylor doing and, and, and what is he here for? Because 49-13 coming off the bye last season, middle of the season, mind you, the best time to have it. And then you get that luck once again in your second season in the NFL and you get beat 36-10 to 10 coming off the bye. It's just not something that would happen to Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Sean McVay the top cream of the crop in this league. Zach Taylor has not proven to be anywhere near that so far. He hasn't even proven to get out of the dumpster of bottom league, bottom coach in the league. You could argue he's worse than Adam Gase, fellas. At least Adam Gase won uh, seven games last year. <laughs> There's an argument to be made that Zach Taylor is the worst coach in the NFL. Listen, listen, hold on. Adam Gase right now is winless, and I have no confidence in Gase in his coaching I mean, style. I'm, I mean, I'm saying I'm Taylor's saying got overall, four wins in two years right now. Adam I, Gase has won a lot more football games yeah. in this league That's true. than Zach Taylor. That's true. Yeah. I, this, coming from a Jets fan, I mean, I'd rather have Zach Taylor than Adam Gase at this point. But that's just because you know I've suffered a lot of pain uh, being a Jet fan uh, over the years, but that's trust just... me. Trust me, guys. Zach Taylor is just a nice guy with Adam Gase's playbook and Adam Gase's uh, Adam Gase's approach, at least in big games so far. It's a good Cause, argument because so, history says I'm I'm 100 right. He yeah. has done nothing yeah. to but prove me wrong. Also, evaluation. Russ, don't look sick. He doesn't watch the games, okay? He, don't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have this pain and suffering. He's trying to he's trying to allure on to you right Connor's now. Not he, I can't. Games. Exactly. I can't watch the games. The Jet <laughs> games are unwatchable. At least I can watch the Bengals, and they're at least, you know, a watchable football team. You, take, you yeah, can't was, even turn on the Jets. That was very watchable on Sunday. That was very watchable. Well, 36 right. <laughs> Sunday was a different day. But I could You're not getting... turn on and watch a Jet game at all this year mean, with was... the, the the poor play that they have put out on that field. It's just unwatchable. They had a thriller with the Pats a couple of weeks Oh, uh, thriller. Yeah, I knew that they were going to lose that game all the way through. <laughs> the most surprising oh, yeah. thing about that game was that uh, they were winning. The look, least surprising thing was how they lost. Ross, look what you did, man. You, you opened this can. <laughs> I've been there. We, we've all been there last season. I've, I've been through it with my Hornets, who, uh, shameless plug, got very excited about the draft tonight, picking number three yeah. overall. But you just got to embrace the suck, Connor. Just embrace the suck. You're getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. You're guaranteed to get a generational quarterback prospect, and uh, you'll clean house. Joe Douglas, I think, is actually a competent general manager. He'll pair up a, a, a truly uh, maybe competent coaching staff, and you'll be off and running in New York. I think I, it'll be okay. I'd rather Greg Williams be the coach at this point. Get rid of him. What has he done this year in Adam Gase? No, you want, no, no, no. You want Adam Gase. He is the best asset towards you getting the quarterback of your choice. Listen, the more games you lose, you, if you, you, can't, you, you can't lose the number one pick if you don't lose a game. No. Or if you don't no, you win can't. a game. So. But it's not even a guarantee. I mean, we got Joe Flacco out there. Flacco is way past his prime. Like, what, what exactly. are we? Uh, Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. 
Take me back to 2010. Right. Oh, man. Come on, man. I mean, we're not going to win a game with him. We're not going to win a game without him. I'd rather just clean house now. Go into the offseason knowing that we're going to have a fresh coaching staff. And when it comes to the Bengals, you know, you can't judge, you know, Zach Taylor yet until we see what he does against struggling teams like the Washington football team, like the Cowboys, and like the Giants. Because if he comes away with wins and he shows that this team can improve and beat them, that's great. Uh, but, you know, hey, we Connor, need to see Connor, improvement. Connor, what? The, the, the measuring stick of the NFL is not the New York Jets. Well, no. Um, the, the, so the New we are. No, the, 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 the New York Jets are the entering stick, right? That's what I'm saying. So if we're comparing what Zach Taylor's doing to the winless Jets right now, I think we're having a, a different, uh, uh, you know, we're not having the same conversation here. <laughs> I don't know. Four I mean, wins in 25 games. Not yeah. Not good. Four wins. Listen, I'm not, not saying that both should, should keep their jobs. I'm not saying either one of them should keep their jobs. I'm just saying I have more that there is a certain sense of competency that I feel surrounds the Bengals more than surrounds the Jets, and that's not saying much. It's just dressed up competency. The Jet, the Bengals, <laughs> for almost like ever since Paul Brown left the franchise, have basically, save for a few years here and there with Marvin Lewis have been the Browns with a better PR team. That's what they are. Nobody cares about the Bengals. They're that nice family-owned franchise just doing their own thing. Oh, they're so cute down there in Cincinnati just doing their own weird little thing. No one cares, but they are not well-run. And it's like there is not much to stipulate between the Bengals and the Jets right now besides the leadership qualities that Joe Burrow has brought to this team. Right. And when you look at Zach Taylor, it's it, – it, it, I just like I said, I, I would – I would argue that he is the worst coach in the National Football League right now. He is 25 games into his coaching career, and he has not won a road game. That is just mind-blowing, fellas. That is John McKay-level status, the expansion Buccaneers' first head coach. That is the only comparable (laughs) coach. And when you put it in that context, you have to get him out of the building as soon as possible should the rest of the season continue to go off the rails. And I'm not counting the NFC East in my evaluation of this no. team. The NFC East is an abject disaster. So they, the wins against those teams, especially close wins, are not going to count in my book. Right. The games that are going to count are two weeks from now, Tua versus Joe Burrow, and the final few contests against, uh, I'd say, maybe the Houston Texans if they're, uh, if they're somewhat improving, but that's in a whole other dumpster fire. And the final contest against the Ravens and the Steelers. If they get blown out again, there's no reason to bring back Zach Taylor. They owe him nothing. There is no loyalty baked in, like with Marvin Lewis and all those times, that they could lean on the consistency that he brought. He was brought in to beat the best teams and come up with offensive game plans to win the AFC North. He has shown no ability to do that through 25 games. This is the one thing that I will say, and it is not a, a gleaming Connor has some act- kind of marriage to Zach Taylor here. No, 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 I, I, I have no know. marriage. I have no marriage to him whatsoever. However... The one thing I will say is at least he did not throw a punch or maybe receive a punch from his offensive line coach. Because Did you see the story earlier on today with the New York Giants? Uh, Joe, Joe, I, I, that was confirmed that he did not, did not get punched. Okay, I, think, he, I think the offensive line coach might have some more issues than Joe Judge. I'm starting <laughs> to warm up the Joe yeah. Judge, fellas. Oh, I yeah, think I'm, he's doing a pretty good hey, job. I, mean, also, though, I thought so, too. Imagine you have a head coach, right? And they, <laughs> I read the report, this O-line coach, like 6'8", former NFL player, 6'8", 330. Imagine your head coach walks up and says, hey, pal, you want to scrap right now? I mean, who wouldn't want to play for that guy? Oh, man. 
Well, this I don't know what's going on with the Giants. I know that they are in a little bit of a better spot right now than than a couple other teams, you know, Bengals, Jets included. Uh, Judge you know, was a questionable hire at the time, but you know, he's kind of proven himself, and he's got those guys playing at at you know the best. I think that they can be right now. They got some holes, but uh, you know, they they saw an issue. What, a half game back, and they're three and seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got everything to yeah. play for. It's like I said, fellas, the games against the NFC North or NFC East, they just like you cannot count them. No. You cannot count no. games and victories, especially if they are not blowouts against competent peer opponents at the bottom barrel of the league, which is where the Bengals are at right now. You could make an argument they have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They have five to six really competent players on this team right now. You could make an argument like that, like top-tier players that you would go out and give another extension to in a heartbeat. It's, it's just sad. Like If you want to compete in this league, you have to have 12 to 15 go-to guys that basically half on each side of the football that can be clear-cut winners for you. And the Bengals, outside of their safety group, their quarterbacks, and their receivers, what else is there right now? Joe Mixon has been an, a brutal disappointment this year. It does not look like that money is going to be well spent, especially when you think about them having to pay Carl Lawson this season mm-hmm. when, when he has 26 pressures, fellas, and the next closest Bengals rusher or defender has six quarterback pressures. There's a 20-pressure gap between the Bengals' first and second leading uh, pass rusher. It's, it's it's a really troubling development in a, in a position group that was expected to be the strength of the team coming into the year, the defensive line. And, I mean, looking at this game with Washington, Russ, I mean, you know, very sneakily, this team has a top-10 overall defense, second against the pass, now the 21st against the rush. I mean, you know, you mentioned these games against the NFC East probably shouldn't count for Zach Taylor, but you know you you're, you got this team in front of you with everything to play for, and uh, you're coming off to such a to such a discouraging loss. You know, where does the do you think do you have a feeling? You know, because Burrow after the game eventually said, you know, hey, we're gonna rebound and go into next week. Do you, do you think they're gonna be able to rebound from you know just that really tough Pittsburgh game, or you know, do you think that could be one of those games where you look and say this is the one that kind of you know took it out of this team? I have no reason to believe they're going to win this game on the road against Washington, guys. Like I just said, 25 games in, no road wins. Mm-hmm. Why would I believe they're going to win this game? Against a competent quarterback in Alex Smith coming off arguably his best game in almost three years. Yeah. His best game as a Red, as a Washington football team member. Career yeah. high in completions, career high in attempts. That was a good save there. He had a crew. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that joke. And uh, he's, he's, he is moving that offense well. Terry McLaurin, Buckeye fans around the area. And Athens know him well. He has been an, a stud for Washington, a great find in the second round for them yep. as their number one go-to option. Uh, it, it's like there's no reason to believe that Washington's not going to hold serve at home here, especially when a lot of the advanced analytic metrics like the Reds or the I just almost again like the football team more than the uh, than the Bengals and that defensive line. It's it's another nasty defensive line group, another defense that. Coming into this game is going to be very, very hungry, very solid. It's led, like I said, by that defensive line, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. You got the back end, uh, a solid cornerback group. And coming into this game, overall, they rank uh, a solid, 
what do they rank in DVOA? In DVOA? Seventh in defensive DVOA coming into this game, going up against the Bengals offense that is in the bottom six in offensive DVOA. So the matchups just do not spell well for the, the Cincinnati Bengals on the road once again. And if they can't beat the Washington football team, honestly, then what are we doing here? What are we doing? If they can't get pressure on a guy coming off of 17 surgeries, making his second start back, then it's just it's just another uh, just another whatever 20, 20 second indictment on the Bengals coaching staff under Zach Taylor. Right. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left here, Russ. One last question for you, Joe Brady, next Bengals head coach. What would you say? Ooh, I like it. It's a little depressing <laughs> not to talk about this, but. Joe Brady would be interesting, although I run into the same issue that I think Joe that has ultimately sunk Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. His connections within the league are not as wide as maybe a Jim Harbaugh, sure, out of Michigan, or a uh, you want to go Michigan? Uh, you want to go know, an Eric Bieniemy who played for the Bengals, who right. I advocated stamped the table for the Bengals to hire two years ago, but they did not bring him in. I don't believe even for an interview. So. It's guys like that who have deep connections to deeply successful coaching trees in Andy Reid and then Jim Harbaugh, obvious success in the NFL, I think would do wonders for the Bengals if that is the route they ultimately go with. And and that's probably the route they're going to have to lean into should things start to come off the wheels here. But then again, this is uh, this is largely having me on to talk about Joe Burrow and, and his Bengals guys, and we all know what kind of a miracle worker Joe Burrow has proven to be in the past. So. Uh, buckle up. It's going to be an interesting final six games of the season. Mm-hmm. Final seven games of the season. We will see. We will see what they can do. And yeah, I, I like that. The enemy and then Brady would be my two if the coaching vacancy opens up. But Russ, we appreciate you calling in. Russ Hopman, Sports Illustrated, all bangles, uh, writing on them, doing a great job. Uh, appreciate it, Russ. And I look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir, boys. It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Got to love the Jets chatter. Didn't expect that. And uh, <laughs> listen, you get can't the... wait to hear a full play-by-play breakdown from Connor next Wednesday on what happened with the Jets. I, listen, I can't guarantee you that I'm going to watch that game. It, uh, It's unwatchable. The football is unwatchable with the Jets. You probably can't even tell me who they're playing. Which No idea. Okay. No <laughs> idea. Out the window. I can tell you who the Bengals are playing. I can't tell you who the Jets. It's been the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. We'll see you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 